Hello and welcome. We're back with episode 197. There's really no two ways about this, so I'm just going to dive in and say it. I got it. I finally got Tesla full self-driving beta. And I'm here to tell you all about it. All this right now. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. As a reminder, if you're a fan of this podcast, please don't forget to follow me on all social media at Autonomous Hogue, including and especially on Twitter. And be sure to drop me five stars on Apple Podcasts. So... Yeah, I finally got Tesla full self-driving beta, which is somewhat amusing in terms of how I got it, when I got it. Because if you do follow me already on Twitter, then you'll notice that I've been giddy as a schoolboy, doing everything possible to keep my so-called safety score as high as possible. And ultimately managing to get it from a 98 to a 99%, and then back to a 98%. And then for some reason, everything all went to hell, and I got a... you know, a catastrophic day of, I think it was like 77 or 83 or something really bad. And then lo and behold, that same night, after nearly a month of, you know, delicate gingerly driving, I finally got the email titled Tesla full self-driving beta version 10.3.1. Um, if you haven't seen the email floating around the internet, it's probably worth me quickly speed reading this to you very quickly, just so you know, kind of what's involved, at least in you know, interesting, relevant part. So, you know, hello, we'll be pushing FSD beta version 10.3.1 to your vehicle shortly. You know, this is a limited early access beta and must be used with additional caution. This, of course, then the most infamous line of all time. It may do the wrong thing at the worst time, so you must always keep your hands on the wheel and pay extra attention to the road, etc., etc. Don't become complacent. Um, This, that, the other... As part of receiving FSD beta, your vehicle will collect and share VIN-associated vehicle driving data with Tesla to confirm your continued eligibility, blah, blah, blah. So uh, then they go on to announce, your vehicle is running on Tesla Vision! Exclamation point. Note that Tesla Vision also includes some temporary limitations, as noted below. Follow distance is limited to 2 to 7, and autopilot top speed is 80 miles per hour. It then goes on to explain how you can provide feedback in the form of pressing the new video record button at the top of the UI on the uh, on the main computer screen. Uh, you can, of course, email feedback as well. So that was pretty much concurrently timed with my notification on my app that I can go ahead and download the uh, necessary software update for the car, uh, which, of course, brought the car up to version... Uh, 2021.36.5.3. As a reminder, the latest build of full self-driving beta, at least as far as I know, the latest version that's available to the public, 10.3, again, I'm running 10.3.1, that was actually released, I want to say two weeks ago, but then it was immediately pulled because of some some problems with it. It was then re-released with the .1 version 
appended and that's what I've got now. So uh, this is a really loaded episode. Uh, it would have been frankly pretty neat to use it for uh, my 200th episode because there's a lot to discuss and it's a really, uh, it's a pretty, shall we say, polarizing thing to discuss. Again, if you follow me on Twitter, you already know why, but suffice to say, I have finally seen the dark side, the toxic side of the Tesla-verse, of which I am obviously very much a part, or at least have considered me a part. Well, not the toxic side, obviously, but the Tesla-verse generally. Um, I've gone on the record many times saying just what a huge fan I am of Tesla generally. The sort of hero worship I've developed for Elon over the years, the uh, you know having read the phenomenal biography by Ashley Vance as soon as it was published, just, you know, I've never had so many jaw-dropping moments reading about a living, uh, really life-changing figure as Elon in so many ways. And obviously I've been a very long, very, very long Tesla shareholder. So, you know, putting that all together, not to mention my dedication always to objectivity, to facts, not to mention just plain old ethics, including and especially in matters of safety. Um, you know, I am after all a licensed attorney, at least in California still, Never mind that I'm living now in Massachusetts. And so I care very much to be as objective as possible, even if indeed that objectivity, I suppose, could be to my detriment, at least insofar as being a Tesla shareholder. And so um, I have now done three pretty comprehensive test drives of uh, full self-driving beta. I've made uh, probably an hour and a half in total uh, video documenting those drives, and I intend to cut them down, splice them into something sort of showcasing the highlights, both as many plus points as I can get, and I'll just cut to the chase and, you know, spoiler alert, there aren't that many pluses, I'm afraid, and then, of course, all the all the minuses as well. When I first tweeted about all this uh, a few days ago, when I first tweeted about this, nothing could have prepared me for the, I guess, for the outcry for the criticism, for the toxicity with which I was met. So let me just read to you what I wrote my very first time. I, I was tweeting this directly to uh, to Moody Hikmet on Twitter. That's Mahmoud Hikmet. He's uh, an AV engineer. You might know him. He's quite prominent on Twitter. Uh, he's based in Auckland, New Zealand. Um, has had a lot of incredibly insightful things to say about the AV engineering space generally. And of course, also his concerns about Tesla and Tesla full self-driving specifically. Um, so I was responding to something that he and I had discussed previously. So I said, hey, uh, you know, good morning. Just wanted to let you know that my first Tesla FSD beta test drive was a fail. Stressful and utterly incapable. You're right. This is not ready for public testing. And again, I'm a very long Tesla holder, so it gives me no pleasure to say this. I went on to say, to be clear, I still think that Elon and Tesla are humanity's best bet, and I won't be parting with our Tesla stock or Model Y anytime soon, but I do think, based on the very rainy and poor visibility for his test drive, that Tesla FSD beta is premature and has a long way to go. Um, well, I went on to say beyond that, that my unwavering belief in Elon and Tesla remains, but I'm deeply disappointed in Tesla FSD beta. To all the Tesla fans and fellow investors not willing to call them out on it, you should be ashamed of yourselves. The present implementation of FSD is garbage and dangerous. What else here? All right, so day two of testing. I said, gorgeous day. Again, reminding folks, as a long Tesla shareholder and a huge Elon fan, FSD needs to be pulled now. 
It's a recklessly dangerous hack, incapable of self-driving. It's not just a few iterative evolutions, but rather multiple revolutionary step changes from usable. I then went on to say that thinking more about this, I'm actually seriously pissed off precisely because I'm such a long-term shareholder of Tesla. In their defense, I think it's software limited rather than hardware, but whatever it is, it's awful and completely incapable. I'm profoundly disappointed. And uh, I more or less concluded, you know, the amount of uneducated, immature lunacy in some of these comments that I'd been receiving to these various tweets is astounding, pathetic, actually. And the notion that you can't be profoundly disappointed in something that you admire is absolutely asinine. So literally, shut up and delete your Twitter accounts. You are useless. Yeah, I was pretty fed up, pretty pissed off, actually, um, because this is absolutely catastrophically stupid for folks to be such fans of Tesla as I am, and yet not willing to put your foot down and say it as it is. So that's enough about the kind of preamble to all this. Let me just dive in and tell you what's what and how the test drives have gone. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. And again, I am working on putting together a video, but it's going to be at least another couple days if I'm lucky. And the idea of the video, as I say, is to kind of cut and cut and splice things together to give you sort of a summary to supplement this discussion on today's podcast episode. So hopefully you'll check it out when it's ready. I'll let you know, of course. Um, All right. So look, the first day of testing was indeed a horrendous day. It was biblically torrential. Um, Visibility was really poor. In fact, at some point, autopilot had to slow itself down on the freeway. Um, But as I've learned in the subsequent tests, the revamped visualization of FSD beta actually is disabled on freeways. So I think on freeways, it's just plain old autopilot, uh, or I should say navigate on autopilot as we've become used to over the last couple of months, uh, if not the past year or so. And that actually does still work quite well. In this case, the car was slowed down too much due to reduced visibility. I then took over, but that's a separate issue altogether. So let's just dive in and discuss the issues with full self-driving beta on city streets. Um, A few caveats that I should mention. First, these weren't typical city grid streets that I was driving on. This is in decidedly more or less suburban uh, greater Boston, specifically in the North Shore area. The roads are decidedly not grids. They are pretty haphazardly paved, as they said in old parts of Boston proper, more or less where the cows roamed, where the wagons rolled. That's where they decided to pave eventually for roads. Lane markings are... Hit or miss, they're generally pretty good. The issue is that the the, yeah, the intersections tend to be very atypical for the roads, and I think that's one of the larger issues. But it's not just that, because really where I'm going with all this is that the thing just plain doesn't work. Now, when it has moments of working, it's pretty neat. You're sort of like, wow, that was actually not bad, or that, uh, that was actually pretty good. But by and large, the thing just doesn't work. And when I say doesn't work, you have to realize... I am being profoundly risk-averse because as a good test driver or test pilot or whatever, you must be. But more to the point, none of us actually are legitimately qualified test anythings. We're just lucky enough, 
or crazy enough to be testing a thing that, frankly, and this is really where I'm going with all this, shouldn't even be tested in the first place. At best, it works as a novelty, a twitchy, spasmatic novelty. At worst, it is indeed catastrophically dangerous. I absolutely have refused to use it with my family in the car. Even using it alone, it's, uh, it is scary. And frankly, I would argue that if you haven't been scared or at least extremely nervous to use it, then you simply don't appreciate the gravity of the situation. You don't appreciate and respect the danger inherent in what it is that we are playing around with because it is that bad. Again, to be clear, I think that regular navigate on autopilot works just fine. It's just a fantastically glorified lane keep assist and adaptive cruise control. And that works really, really well. Dare I say, probably better than any system on the market today. The problem with FSD beta is it's taking the underlying, I guess, hardware capabilities of the Tesla vision system, which again, just uses only cameras. And it's trying to then interpret the world and drive accordingly. Now, here's what's interesting. Based on the visualizations inside the cabin, on the computer screen, you know, to Tesla's credit, to the system's credit, it's actually seeing the world really quite well. The optics suggest that it's, yeah, it's seeing a lot, very, very well. In fact, there's a lot of things that it's seeing, vehicles, pedestrians, or otherwise, that frankly, I can't believe it's able to see because I can barely see them. Um, so that doesn't seem to be the problem. What is the problem is that the car doesn't know how to deal with them. It doesn't know how to drive. So for example, you'll come up to an intersection, first of all, Tend, it'll tend to do so far too slowly and awkwardly, and then it'll often just not know whether it can make a safe turn or not, or it'll go too slowly, or it'll go too fast and unsafe, or it'll turn too wide, or it'll, frankly, it'll, it'll seem to be about to turn into an oncoming car or a car approaching from the left, and in any event, it would be, it would be recklessly irresponsible of me to see whether it would, in fact, be able to continue safely, and that's the problem with full self-driving beta, in order to test it sufficiently, thoroughly, you would need to allow it to do something reckless. Or maybe I'll say it rather differently. What it ends up doing may in fact not be reckless, but the point is I can't know that with certainty because for me to allow it to continue without that knowledge, without that certainty, that would be reckless of me to allow. Do you see what I mean? So, so let's put it a different way. Um, as I mentioned in the video, I think the best litmus test to determine whether this thing is safe enough for public roads is, would you be okay with a cop following you? And the answer is a resounding, not a chance. And if any of you are going to argue that fact, then you're just plain wrong and literally just don't say anything anymore because it's, it's simply untrue. If that litmus test doesn't work for you, let's try a different one. Do you think this thing would pass a driver's test? Well, no, of course it wouldn't. It's not good enough. And if that's true, then it shouldn't be allowed on the road in the first place. Now, I know what all of you are saying, and I said as much in the videos, you'll see, you know, but Mark, that's not the point. It's not meant to do that. That's why you're there as a backup driver, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but that's not what the rules of the road allow. You're not supposed to allow that in the first place. But even putting that aside, the broader, the broader brushstroke point that I'm making is, to allow this testing in the first place, to allow it to suitably demonstrate whether it can or typically as it cannot do a thing, requires recklessness to see if it'll succeed. That's my point. And it's just too dangerous. 
it's twitchy, it's spasmatic, it's awful, and it just doesn't work. So again, when you see the videos, you're going to say, dude, you barely let this thing ever drive itself. Yeah, that's the point. I had to take over probably 95% of the time. Again, I don't know. Maybe the car would have worked. Here's what I can say with certainty. Um, it may have worked. It may have, for example, been able to have made that turn onto a cross street. It's possible. It's far more likely that it would not have succeeded, or at least that if it had succeeded, it would have done so awkwardly, dangerously, um, extremely uncomfortably, and indeed quite frighteningly for any occupants of either car, honestly. Uh, there were numerous times where, for no reason whatsoever, it hit the brakes, where it kind of swerved within its lane, seemingly nearly swerving out of its lane, actually. Uh, I know for a fact the cars behind me were alarmed, thinking what's going on. And this is the problem. Again, to be clear, I didn't expect this thing to be perfect. I didn't expect it to be truly self-driving. I didn't expect it to be lots of things. In fact, my expectation going into this thing was remarkably low. I had a very, very low bar uh, for, for, I guess, satisfaction with this thing. I wasn't expecting much at all. But to see just how awful it is, I am profoundly disappointed. Yes, again, precisely because I'm such a long shareholder. I don't want Tesla to get screwed over for premature testing like this. I don't want Nitsa to come in and just pull the plug and be like, no, you're done, that's it. Except that in a crazy sort of way, I guess that is sort of what I'm saying now. So to clarify, yeah, I, I think probably public testing like this should be disallowed. What I'm afraid of is for Tesla to get further reprimanded and to ultimately have this backfire in every sense for the company as a whole. And yes, obviously for my stock, I don't want this stuff to, to suffer. Of course I don't. But again, it would be disingenuous of me to suggest that it's okay for full self-driving beta to continue being tested. Now, don't make, you know, don't misunderstand me. There were a few moments where this thing really shined. And I say shined, I guess, in a relative sense. Uh, not obviously compared to a human driver, but compared to, you know, a car that you know, shouldn't be driving itself at all. Uh, for example, I was in downtown Boston uh, yesterday uh, in the back bay, driving down Comav, for those of you who know it. And I guess for a moment, I had looked down at the visualization display and I hadn't noticed that perhaps, I don't know, 10, 15 car lengths ahead of me, there was a car double, pa double parked, as is often the case. And my car, very seamlessly with no sort of commotion whatsoever, just signaled to the left, switched lanes over to the left, and went around the double parked car. No drama whatsoever. That worked really, really well. I would suggest that that is, however, a less challenging thing, obviously, than turning on to a cross street in an intersection, either turning right, let alone turning left. Those are obviously the most challenging types of things to do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In which case, I have to say the car failed damn near every single time. Or at best, it sort of made it, but very awkwardly and very jarringly. Uh, the car did a pretty poor job of turning onto streets without lane markings, often floating towards the middle. One of the biggest concerns I have, though, I think has to do with semantics. Obviously, the car's complete inability to understand and to proactively do something 
the way that we humans do. So for example, I was driving through uh, some residential neighborhood streets and I immediately, you know, touched the brake pedal because I saw a pedestrian kind of walking on the sidewalk, kind of linger in their step, look over their shoulder. And I intuitively knew they were about to run across the street. And so of course, defensively, I prepared to slow down the car in case they foolishly darted in front of my car, which obviously we've all, you know, we've all experienced that before, but obviously full self-driving beta would never have picked up on those visual cues, would have never actually done that sort of a thing. Uh, And that's what's so alarming. And it's not just Tesla in this case that I'm picking on. I don't think there's any system currently in development that can read human body language that well. I know there've been a few companies working on this over the years. I think I may have discussed a few on my podcast a while back. I don't remember now. But, but, but this is like a really, really important thing, right? And so unless and until this is accomplished, then the car will forever be reactive rather than proactive. Another example is something as basic as the geometry, you know, reading the geometry of roads, of ramps, of, of, of curves in the road, of even the terrain up and down. You know, that's one of the things that makes a human driver sort of better than the average. It's can they sort of anticipate where the road's going to go so they can kind of geometrically set the car up uh, within its lane to kind of straighten out the turn as best that it can. And that's something, yeah, full self-driving beta just can't do. And so it just takes these these curves that could be straightened out quite a bit and smoothed for passenger comfort, but it's just jarring and kind of all over the place. These are all things that, you know, it's okay not to be good at this stuff, but but the concern is that when you put all these elements together, all these suboptimally baked elements together, you end up with a pretty catastrophically disastrous result. Again, I get it. This is beta, although I would suggest it's really more like an alpha. But what it ends up feeling like is essentially a hack job pulling together some admittedly wonderful visual data. I really do think the camera system is potentially fine, contrary to what lots of folks say. But the interaction with that data, the ability of the car to be able to process that data and to drive just simply isn't there. It just isn't working. Now, again, I'm sure that on certain types of city streets with perfect grids and pretty good lane markings and this, that, the other, and, you know, I've seen a bunch of the videos in San Francisco and I was also really, really blown away. As I say, I was a giggly little schoolboy watching this stuff and I couldn't wait to get my hands on FSD beta. But what I've noticed is, and I think you'll probably see the same when my video is done, a lot of the danger, a lot of the uncertainty of FSD beta doesn't actually come through when you're watching the videos. It doesn't somehow seem as bad or as dangerous or as reckless, except for the really obvious things, right? Like really obvious mistakes, like being about to turn into a car or suddenly swerving unnecessarily or whatever. Okay, putting those aside, the point is a lot of the dangerous suboptimal capabilities are not obvious in video. They're only really obvious in person when you're in the car. And here's the thing. I think it's safe to assume that many, maybe even the majority of folks who do have access to FSD beta like me are probably Tesla shareholders, honestly. And so I get it. They have, and frankly, I have a huge incentive for this to go spectacularly well. And so I think there's a profound... Uh, incentive for folks to be disingenuous about their results with FSD beta. And I get it. I'm obviously shooting myself in the foot here, potentially. I'm certainly not helping, at least not in the short term, by being objectively honest about things as I'm trying to be. And I realize that I'm risking angering a bunch of folks, as is clearly the case on Twitter. I've never in my life had to block people, any people really, as far as I can remember. And now suddenly I'm blocking tons of folks. 
I've even heard it said that I may end up getting Tesla full self-driving beta pulled from my vehicle if Tesla gets wind of me talking so poorly about it. But again, the whole reason I'm doing this, the whole reason I'm being so objective as, as I can possibly be is precisely because I want things to go really well. It's not that I don't want to be able to test test the full self-driving beta. It's not that I don't want you to be able to test it. I think it's great that we can all that we can all eventually test it, I suppose, but only once it's crossed some marginal threshold of safety. And I say marginal, it's going to have to be pretty substantive because right now it's nowhere near that. And that's the concern that I have. So anyway, look, uh, as I say, the first day was catastrophically rainy. The subsequent two days, including today, were spectacularly beautiful days sunny, unlimited visibility, and I'm sorry to say, just no improvement whatsoever, no change. Um, I was just as disappointed. And when I say disappointed, I mean really actually disappointed to the point almost of being sad. It's like I had this admittedly perhaps naive expectation, this hope of something really quite good. Again, my expectations were low, I think, relative to others, but still I was expecting something more than this for sure. And yeah, I am really disappointed, almost to the point of being sad about it, as crazy as that sounds. I was really, really excited, like a little kid, like, wow, I really wanted this to be at least good enough, but it just isn't. And um, what can I say? That's my uh, brief takeaway of full self-driving beta. Um, Look, I encourage you to shoot me all your questions on Twitter, on Reddit, wherever. I've posted this also in the subreddit Tesla Autonomy. For some reason, I got virtually no visibility in Tesla Motors on Tesla Autonomy, it was downvoted to zero, uh, which is not surprising, I suppose, since I've been receiving, as I said, equally strong flack uh, on Twitter, saying what I am. But uh, look, feel free to shoot me your questions. I am working on putting that video together. Hopefully it turns out well enough. Uh, But in any event, that is a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.